All right, motivators, hold on one second. Jesus Christ, you got fucking... All right. What do we got here? So, Aaron from Drill Bits Wood Carving and Dr. Drill, Dr. O, whatever the fuck you want to call me, bitch. Okay? So, what's going on? I'll tell you. It's almost 2 p.m. on Saturday. It's raining. Fucking rain. You know, I ain't scared, but fuck. I'm trying to, like, carve this bear. I'm trying to put some finishing touches on him. And the rain is fucking us. Preventing my, uh fully committing to this, I could be almost done, I guess I spent a couple hours out today, I'll be out for another couple hours tomorrow, but I accomplished what I need to accomplish for Bubba, the Bucks County Bear, start adding some detail to his face, previously I had burned it, and then I had burn in some color, and then I put some fucking varnish over it, so that will make it kind of like, if it's a pale wood, it'll drop it down to like a tan, actually quite significantly, so, so I did that shit, I took a wire brush, a wire wheel, and I used that to it's, it like adds another level. So I carved in the fur, then I with a big saw, then I carved in with a smaller saw, smaller blade, smaller hair appearance. And now I'm using a wire brush to actually insert some additional hairs. So it's like it's a next level sort of presentation. It's really nice. scrape away some of the old varnish and the, the burning <clears throat> and then I burned a little bit more I did some patch jobs I squirted in some of that great stuff which is the foam shit squirted that in a little uh, hole that's in the center of the bear and there's, there's a dirt in there there's all kinds of creatures probably that live in there this bear mind you is still connected to the ground it is a stump, gigantic four-foot diameter stump. So there's things that are going to live in there. There's going to be bugs, there's going to be birds, there's going to be fucking worms, decomposers, and the rain's going to come down. I don't want it to get, like, that ecosystem in there to get too rich. Then this bear will someday eventually die, you know? That's just the way it is. But I'm going to preserve it in every way. So square the great stuff in. It's now ballooned up, really foamy, and it's going to get hard, then I'll come back tomorrow, and I will shave that off with my angle grinder, and I will spray paint that, and varnish everything, and it'll look fucking badass, it's going to be great, so it's going to be pretty cool, I'm very pleased with this carving, I got the folks already ran out today saying, eh, I got the check for you, well, I can wait till tomorrow, I want this thing to be perfect. Before I walk away completely, and then so my goal is to be uh, out there tomorrow by 10 a.m. Set all the wheels in motion for that today, 
preparing, you know what I mean? It's supposed to be friggin' sunny tomorrow, so get a few hours of sun on it, dry it off. I'll show up with some towels, I'll blow it off with the, my air friggin' nozzle. And we'll have a success. So, pleasure doing this carving. Obviously, it's occupied, it's been a talking point for our podcasts on the weekend, so... As you can tell, it brings me a lot of joy. I fucking love being up there in the rain. I'm looking up, and there's all these trees in the background that wind gusts, probably 30, 40 miles an hour at least, and they're blowing the leaves off, and the leaves are like, they're aloft, man. They're coming at me, you know? Up there in the sky, fluttering down, and I'm just looking at that with uh, Bubba in the background. Talked a little shit, told people to get off their nasty asses. So I know it's raining, but if, if it ain't raining, we ain't train. Let's have some fun. Let's let's relax later, you know? Get out there, do some puddle jumping. So what do we got else today? Alright. Woke up this morning, got some fucking nice sleep, slept in a little bit. Woke up this morning. Had to be there for a 9.40 appointment in Lansdale. What are you doing, you fucking idiot? Peter? <clears throat> so, uh... It's all fun and games until the fucking big Black Betty has its fur. It's running over your ass in your little Acura or wherever. So, uh, I had a veterinarian appointment for our girl, Momi, and she's not doing too well. Uh, as the weeks have progressed over the past, I guess, couple months, I've discussed um, the reality that she's old, and she had an ear infection. We got drops for that that fucked her ear up, so the side effect that can occur, I guess. That sucks, right? And then she was all anxious, flipping out. We put her on a anti-anxiety med. She didn't like that. That made her worse. So we took her off that, and she's calmed down. She's been better. She seems to hear a little bit. Certain octaves, certain sounds she can pick up on. And she's very visual, even though her old eyes are clouded over. Cataracts, no doubt. She's calmed down, and she's um, she's relaxed a little bit. Anyway, so today, lately, she's had these bumps. She got she's an old girl, so she's got these bumps all over. You know. Got breaking shit behind her ear. She's got lipomas here, there, and everywhere. Got some shit on her nose that she like rakes off with her claws. It'll be this big, ugly thing, like a size of a giant pencil eraser, and then like a week later, it's gone because she like pops it like a zit. It's nasty. Anyway, she's had these bumps in her lower abdominal region, mammary glands. She's got breast cancer. You know, 
uh, they did a needle aspiration at the vet and you know they put it under a microscope I was actually impressed that they did that so quickly and they concluded that they are you know rapidly growing cells she got breast cancer I mean this has been like a couple weeks a month maybe a month since we first noticed these things and they're big they're like fucking you know they're ugly things beneath her skin into like her inguinal region so like very very lower abdomen and I knew that it, you know a little bit of research that it wasn't a good prognosis so our good old Momi who we've had for six years rescued her at five years of age had many adventures with her and love her so much. They say she might have six months to live, you know? She might. So, right now she's got no pain. Uh, maybe she's licking on these things. They're starting to get a little bit red. And it's very unfortunate, but I'll be damned if I put my dog through some torturous cancer treatment. Yes. I pointed out before, it's a different story when we're talking about human versus an animal. I feel like we have a little bit more mercy on uh, our animals, especially dogs, because they're, they're pure love, you know? And you just don't want them to suffer, you don't want them to, to lose their dignity and all that shit, you know? We lost Junebug about three years ago. And when we were examining Momi today in the vet, it was in the same room that she was euthanized in, and that's probably going to be the same room that, that Momi's going to draw her last breath. So is it sad? It is. You know, Mandy was particularly shaken up, but I knew that... Uh, probably wasn't good. So that sucks a big fat cock. Of course, we all know people who've had breast cancer, or who have it, or who are fighting it, or it's terrible, terrible affliction, and it affects not only people, but animals as well. think about some wonderful human beings. I know people right now who are suffering, you know, battling breast cancer, getting all these tests and treatments. And big, stressful, terrible battle. You know, but at least for human beings, there are some things that can be done to potentially beat, beat it. survive it and we justify that that's I think it's a wonderful humane thing to do so many more emotions involved you see though you see people go through it and for every I don't know for every one 
individual that you know that you know, survives breast cancer, has a successful treatment regimen. There are, I don't know, at least five or ten, you know, that had to go to extreme measures or continue to fight in. It's an ongoing thing where you, doctors and oncologists and mastectomies and, you know, it's just, it's fucking terrible. It hasn't hit me yet, perhaps. You know, we're very close with our dogs. I've had many dogs in my life. Hey, you know, they say every human life, every human year, year of a human's life, seven in a dog dog's life, right? So, they don't live as long as us. <laughs> you know, they live 10, 12 years for a medium to large-sized dog, which is what I have always had. That's how long they live. And it's tragic to see them go suffer in any way. So, Oh, it's sad, but I'm glad we, you know, the vet was great. She was very professional when we asked her about, um, you know, she goes, okay, well, I would, you know, I would want to take that out, that gland out, the cancerous gland. And I said, and how how much time is that going to buy her? And she said, three months. Or six months, she said. I said, well, how much, um... So if we do nothing, how long is she going to last? She said three months. Which, so this thing just grows inside you, you know? And if it can find a way, which it, body's pretty crafty like this, it starts to travel. So it'll hit the immune system via the uh, lymphatics, populate the lymph nodes, and next thing you know, it's in the the circulation, and that can go anywhere it wants, and those little cancer cells can start growing wherever, so, so we're going to hold on to Momi for as long as we can, and as long as she's not in any apparent pain, we're going to keep her around, and enjoy our time with her, that's pretty much where I'm heading right now fulfilled after knocking at least a little workout on this bear. Finished up tomorrow. Spend the rest of this rainy day with Momi. I had some folks say yesterday, a couple people contact me and said that some of the things, the podcasts that I have been sharing uh, over the past week, that they seem to be helping people. It describes how somebody somebody felt. You know, the podcast that you uh, did this week, it made me, you know, it felt like you were speaking right to me because that's how I feel about this or that. You know, so. I think there's a value in that. I think it's something that... To know that we're, we're not alone. 
in how you know our sentiments and our how we feel about certain situations. If something this podcast can help anybody or make them think, make them laugh. Another person said, you know, good podcast this week. I what I took away from it is you know do something that sucks. That's that whole comfort thing, comfort zone thing. If we're going to grow, we need to step out of our comfort zone. You know, we need to. do something out of the ordinary, otherwise you're just going to get the same old shit. So go out to, outside and do some work in the rain anyway. Don't let the, the weather suppress you today. Get an early morning workout in. Make some dietary sacrifices. I had a woman come in the office yesterday. She was fit as a fiddle. She said she lost 100 pounds on a dietary 12-step program. And that was impressive to me. Lost 100 pounds. Really impressive. So, I said, well, you know, what does this involve? Is this something, she said she had some other things going on. I said, well, you know, is the diet particularly restrictive? I mean, is it something you can sustain? She goes, no, I eat three solid, healthy meals a day. Uh, I drink a lot of water. I, I don't drink soda. I don't drink alcohol. I, and so, <clears throat> sounds like she's doing all the right things. And she's a beautiful, you know, athletic woman. Two kids. And she, you know, she had cut all this weight and really kind of killed that demon. I said that and she said, yeah, every day I got to do that. Because obviously there was something that precipitated all that weight gain in the first place, right? Everybody's dealing with different stuff. It's interesting to talk to people and see how they tackle things, address things. Yesterday I'll say... I don't know if I was able to knock out a podcast on the way home. I had a pretty good day. You know, it was one of those things where, as I shared with you, the week wasn't going so well. I think that's because the reality of my um, stopping teaching, at least at the one institution, it made me feel like, you know, it's sad because I have a lot of students that they've had me this semester and they want to they want to continue they want to continue to uh, study under me and you know they'll be okay I told them what, genuinely how I feel which is that you know they're going to do okay so I think that you're the ones that are asking me are already good students they said listen if you uh, I feel the same way. I wish I could, could hang around, but I got to do what I got to do. It's best for me. Free up some of this time, and I'm not worried about you. You know, I, I'll miss you. I'll always be here if you have a question. I'm sorry. You know, you're gonna have to kind of reinvent the wheel next semester and have somebody for part two of the course that you don't know and you may not like as much, but. 
I'm convinced that you're going to do well. So I'm thinking about them. I'm thinking about myself. And I've been trying to weigh my resources, what's the best use of my time, what's my best chance at making a, you know, continuing to make a very good living and to stay healthy of body and mind in the process and spend more time with my family and all that shit. You know, do more of the things that, that really mean, that really are important. Now everything I do is, uh, come on you fucking loser, these fucking people, stupid fucking little cars, I can't wait to see this car, let me take a gander at this shit, like is it necessary? You fucking stupid sounding car, where is this thing, is it in front of me and back of me, it's a little fucking shitty car. There's a little fucking Peter, little fucking peckerhead car with no muffler on it on purpose. Why? Jesus Christ almighty. Alright, hold that thought. Chilly willy out here now, my friends. Oh, yeah. Gotta get that fart out real quick. Um... So that was a lot. So what's motivating... Look, what's motivating about carving a fucking bear in the rain? Well, you're out there. You're being creative. Makes you feel alive. Also, you're doing what you're going to do regardless. All right? You had a goal. You're going to fucking meet it. You're not going to be damned if I sit inside the house and get nothing done. Sometimes it's nice to have a down day. All right? Not for me when it comes to carving. I need to get this shit done. Okay? <clears throat> so it makes you feel alive. It permits you to be true to your commitments. What's motivating about finding out your dog has breast cancer? Well, because this dog has had a wonderful life. And she's made our lives richer. We have had a wonderful life with this crazy-ass dog who barks at everybody and kisses your face and lies on her back so that you can come over and snuggle her and she's kissing. No, she's just a freaking lover, man. If you knew Momi, if you were had spent some time with her, like all pets, they're, they're loving. They're, they are all about you. And, of course, it's wonderful when everything is all about you, right? They make you feel like you're just the only person in the world. And so to have experienced that and to have been taking part in that relationship, I'm fulfilled. I just I'm I just want to have as much many good times, as much fun with her as I can now. I'm gonna brush her in a bit, I'm gonna spend some time with her, we're gonna get her some nice chow, and she's gonna fucking eat and drink and be merry in the time that she has left. And maybe she'll live forever. You know? You never fucking know. We're going to see what happens. Um, So that's what's motivating about that.
Then I noticed this morning, as we we're coming back from the vet, I stopped in Wawa to gas up, ran in, got a little freaking breakfast sandwich. Afterwards, my wife and daughter got lunch, an early lunch at Chick-fil-A. These fuckers don't have their masks on. Ever since this fucking old guy at the office belly aching about having to wear a mask in my office. Now I'm scrutinizing. Not that I go out to many different offices, businesses. At the vet, the front desk staff aren't wearing masks either. It's peculiar. All the veterinary assistants, they don't seem to be wearing masks. The doctor did, and we wore our masks in there. But all these fucking nerds behind the counter at Chick-fil-A were going through the drive-thru. They're all smoking and joking back there. Nobody's got masks on. And I know that this being Chick-fil-A, that they're trying to, it's like a, like a stance. I can imagine what you know, their corporate position on this is. And I think it's I think it's a a wrong decision to do that. I mean I I've mentioned I've come clean. If I go into Lowe's or something like that, or if I stop in a store real quick, sometimes I'll get complacent and I won't have my mask on. Or I I'll I'll put it on but I'll feel awkward because nobody else is fucking masked up. I'm like, damn. And I'm not so naive as to feel like I have to have it on all the time or that it's gonna save me you know, without a doubt from contracting this critter that is now on the rise again, but as I've said, I, I just I I don't want it. I don't want to fucking pass it on. I don't want to be inconvenienced. I already had a little freaking you know, a couple weeks ago I had some loogies, I had some congestion, I had a cold. And God, remember in the early days of this? pandemic where if you got the slightest, if you were the one sneezing or if you, um, you know, were congested, you're like, oh my God, I'm, I'm dying. We were frightened, you know, and justifiably so, but now we're all like, ah, <laughs> it's very interesting. But I thought about that I mean, I had a little bit of an axe to grind with Chick-fil-A anyway because they have, like, one of these companies that goes out of their way to to talk politics or, you know, like, they're not open on Sunday and it's, like, a religious thing. Well, whatever you, you know, I appreciate you being a, you know, true to your principles, but don't assume just because you're a Christian or you ascribe to these set of values that your your customer does as well. There's a lot of different people that go to Chick-fil-A to eat your fast food. Which, by the way, is not healthy for you. <laughs> so, um, they're healthy things to get. I'm not attacking Chick-fil-A. I just think it's kind of weird how you've got these, you know, these young kids, invariably, behind the counter. And they're all unmasked. The, you know, they're saying that the... Um, I, I don't know if they're requiring vaccination. You know, that's another thing. You know, you think about being um, 
having a workforce. Let's say I come in here and I, particularly with food, because somebody's cooking for you. You know, if you've ever worked, you ever been inside a kitchen or uh, waited tables or anything like that, you know what conditions are like. Even with the best uh, sanitation protocols and standards, eh, shit ain't always on the up and up. You know, sometimes the food gets cold, sometimes the equipment isn't ideal, or somebody undercooks something, overcooks something, whatever. There's some variability in in it. So, you go into a restaurant or something like that, and one restaurant, everybody's got to wear, I mean, I guess if they serve people, there were like waiting tables and shit, maybe they would have to do it, but because their dining room was not open, it was all drive-in business. So everybody, but the, the kids that are in there making shakes and fries and putting sandwiches together, I don't know. Guys, it's a lot to make sense of, isn't it? It just rubbed me a little bit the wrong way because, like, what what is up with that? Why would the staff, the front desk staff, at a veterinary establishment, why would they not have to wear a mask? And many clients, patients with their dog, obviously dogs aren't wearing masks really hard to keep track of, and yes, it's confusing. I did read this article in an article, so there's some scientists that uh, had determined that the rate of COVID infection in deer, white-tailed deer, which are the predominant deer throughout the United States, especially in our area, 30% of deer are infected with COVID. And so the scientist was particularly alarmed because that's a very high rate of infection. And these deer, they obviously caught it from human beings somehow. And it is airborne and they inhabit our, you know, they're, might not be visible all the time, but they're in our backyards, they're in our front yards, they're coming around. Not inconceivable that know, we could pass something to these deer. So they can be an alternate host. So there can be, uh, they said they found this, this is the case in like a a mink farms or something like that. You know, these uh, farms were these furry animals that they use for coats and whatever, that there was a, um, that they had seen it, COVID being passed around by these animals. So you can have an intermediate host that is not just human, a human disease that can affect the deer. Why does that matter? Well, we consume the deer. Hunters do. And hunters are out there handling the deer so they could, you know, kill their, you know, whatever, go out there and, and shoot a buck or a doe for that matter. And they could be eating the meat that's contracted COVID and they could catch it, and they could pass it around like that. And so 
it also will give the virus an opportunity to change. So regardless of what humans do, if other animals can catch this, which they've shown things like zoo animals, like lions and stuff, have gotten sick, so certain animals can contract this virus, in which case this thing's going to change. You know, we can't put masks on fucking lions, right? Or white-tailed deer, for that matter. There's a lot of them around here in suburbia. Read an article one time and talked about how there were actually more deer in suburbia than there are up in the rural areas now because they've become habituated to living amongst us, living in our midst. So very interesting. None of this stuff scares me, but it just it's interesting to read these these articles that talk about this you know, think about it. We do all that we're taking all these actions, we're sweating our behaviors and how we're supposed to operate as human beings relative to the virus, with mask mandates and schools and businesses and all that stuff and people are genuinely frightened although the fatigue has well set in. What if we have deer, herds of deer that are fucking, that the virus is at work, or let's say we're rodents, which are there, just countless rodents, right? So what if the fucking CV infected rodents and this thing could hang around in those populations and mutate and do whatever the hell it wanted and then come reinfect us. It's crazy. All right. Love and respect. Talk to you later.